What's up, boss? This is Abraham's wallet. We span the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Hey, everybody. Now listen, we've got a, we've got a kind of a different episode this week. Um, we're going to hear from Mark and his wife, Amelia, her first time on the podcast. And we're going to be talking about hiring house help. And before we go to that uh, conversation between the two of them, I wanted to talk through um, a well-known passage about uh, women at home. And it's Proverbs 31, which is this section is usually called the, the wife of noble character. So I'm going to read part of it to you. The, the wife of noble character, who can find? Verse 13 says, I'm just, I just picked out a cherry picked a couple of the passages in Proverbs 31 that describe her responsibilities, what she's doing around the house. Verse 13 says she selects wool and flax. So she is uh, really, we're going to find out later that she's making, um, she's making fabrics. So she's really choosing, she's buying um, from vendors, raw materials for her business. So it says she selects wool and flax. She's doing some some trading, some some uh, shopping. Verse 15 says she gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family. And here's our little great little insight. This is Proverbs 31, 15. And portions for her female servants. So she is she provides food for her family. And also in the oikos, that is the the family um, environment, the whole cosmos of her family, all the people that revolve around her family, she's also providing food for them, her female servants. Now let's just pause there for a second and go, female servants, do they make more work for you or less work for you? Less work for you. So there are people that are on in, in the periphery, in the orbit of the home, that are female servants that are just making the household run. And part of her responsibility is overseeing these female servants. Verse 16 says she considers a field and buys it. And out of her profits or her revenues, she plants a vineyard. So she is making purchases for the family. She's, she is increasing family assets. And when she's planting a vineyard, it's not because she thinks they're beautiful. It's because she has um, income and profits on the brain. How do I know that? Because verse 18 says that she sees that her trading is profitable. So she is watching what happens in the household. She's gathering assets and she's making sure that it's profitable. First, I'm going to skip down to verse 24. She makes linen garments and sells them and she supplies the merchants with sashes. So she has some commonly um, used trading that goes on. And then uh, there's a kind of a summary in verse 27. She watches over the affairs of her household and she does not eat the bread of idleness. I'll say so. I'll say she doesn't eat the bread of idleness because she's running servants. She's got a real estate thing going on and she's got a manufacturing thing going on. And I, I want to zero in on, on verse 15 and simply say that 
many wives are overwhelmed when they consider the um, responsibilities of a wife in running a household. And verse 15 of Proverbs 31 makes it very clear that this woman, who, by the way, is in a place of maturity, this is not a first-year wife. It's probably not a first child, like an infant uh, wife, a wife who's got a baby. It's, this is probably a wife in maturity that's got a lot going on. One of the reasons that we think that is because um, this same chapter says that her husband um, meets with the men in the city gates. like He's like a city father, so he wouldn't be 23 years old and be a city father. This is probably a picture of a wife in maturity, just as the um, picture that we have of elders is a picture of a man in maturity. So I simply want to point out here, that this woman is running female servants. So there is an employment structure happening around the home. And, and when, when young wives are feeling overwhelmed, they, they often think that it would be a cheat of some kind to employ help around their home. And I say Proverbs 31 makes it very clear that's not the case because this woman is managing employees. She's managing a whole bunch of stuff, and employees is one of them. And the employees cut down on the amount of work that she does. That's what they do around the house. So we could we can brainstorm. You're about to hear Mark and Amelia talk about the kind of work that servants could do for a family. But I simply want to put it out there that it's a biblical uh, idea that a woman is running workers around the house. Also, I, I want to say one thing about us, uh, you and me with that hurdle, is sometimes we think that we have a mental block of thinking, I couldn't bring someone in to do the dishes in my house. Again, that would be lazy. That would be a cheat of some kind. But if you've ever hired a babysitter ever once, um, then or a dog sitter or a house sitter, then you have hired help to make your household go. Um, so we, we should probably get over this idea that we couldn't hire in help and that it would be somehow ignoble of us to do so. Um, it's biblical. It's normal um, operating procedure. And something that we have, and, and uh, the parrots will touch on this, something that we have against us that for most of history has not been up against um, young families is most of history, there has been a whole community that's helped um, that's helped specifically with young children. And we in the West don't have that anymore. Uh, you can rebuild it. it. It might take some years or some work. You might rebuild that to some point. But um, the idea, I, I simply want to, this is my big uh, prologue. I'm about to send it, uh, send it over to Mark and Amelia. But I simply want to say that the idea that we have had that one woman is to raise X amount of children and run a household and do all meal prep and uh, all of the responsibilities of running a household is on one, one woman. That's not historically the case. And we have a biblical precedent that outside help is completely appropriate. So with that little lens, I'm going to send it over to Mark and Amelia right now and let's hear from them. Welcome to the Abraham's Law Podcast, Amelia. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> this is my wife, Amelia Parrott. Um, 
I don't think you've ever been on our podcast before. I don't think I have. It's the first time. I'm excited. If you guys are listening to the audio here, you should get on the YouTube channel because my wife is beautiful and you can see her. Um, so I am excited to have you here. And one thing that we keep getting asked uh, at the podcast is to talk about how to hire help. Uh, it's, I, I think there's probably been maybe a, a stigma in some places about hiring help, especially if your uh, wife or if you're a woman listening to this, you uh, don't work outside of the home. There might be a thought that, oh, why would I hire help? And for us, you know, having people who we trust come into our household and help us with various things, not just childcare. Um, has been a really good thing and has allowed our family to continue to function smoothly in times that uh, were tricky. And we've, we've kind of done every version of, um, of childcare help. Uh, and I, I think we've, we've learned from some mistakes and we've had things that were great for a certain season and don't work anymore. So we had a kid. And there was a relatively big problem because we needed someone to take care of that child so that I could complete my residency. I was trying to work during the day and I was taking care of a baby all night and it's a miracle that it was even survivable. And you were trying to work all night and sleep a little bit and so it was a chaotic time. I think the negative is that we sort of developed this, we should tough it out and gut it out and just do it ourselves mentality when we might have been able to alleviate and improve our family rhythms a lot sooner if we had realized we should trade some of this money we're making to bring in helpers to our, our household that will make things run more smoothly. Mm -hmm. We were also in a spot too where we didn't have any family here. Um, no family. We had no family. Um, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a ton of money. We had, um, and we were new, so we didn't have super deep community. Um, so it was definitely a period of time where we just kind of, you know, did it. Um, and I think there's something very winnowing in that, but I also think in hindsight, like Mark said, um, there certainly is a wisdom in recognizing when to get help um, and how to go about getting help. Um, even if you feel like maybe money isn't going to be your primary method of exchange to get that help. Our, our first daughter was raised during the day while I was at work by these Russian ladies who uh, told us to screw off with our sleep training <laughs> monkey business and just let them do their job. They've been doing this for 30 years. And, yeah. um, you know, we were very uptight, like I'm sure everyone is when they have a new baby, uh, especially the first one. And we thought, you know, you've got to, to follow the schedule exactly. And, and I remember just being very frustrated. But we did daycare mm -hmm. for a while. And honestly, I think we thought that was the only option because of the budget. Yeah. Um, I think if we were to go back we would say that wasn't the only option. We could have figured out a way to cut out other things and have more life in the family by spending some of the money we were spending on whatever we were spending on eating out or whatever mm -hmm. and using some of that to just make our lives less miserable mm -hmm. by trying to like go to the daycare and if the baby is sick, what do we do? Well, we're all going to miss work and I'm going to be stressed that I'm going to lose my job. And mm -hmm. 
we're going to have a fight because we're not sharing the load perfectly well. So that was an experience. Mm -hmm. But what made you feel like, okay, now it's time to stop doing that. Let's, let's try to find somebody who can watch our kids. Well, I think some of it was financial and some of it was logistical. I realized we had two kids and they were both in full-time daycare. And then when we thought about having the th a third, um, the mornings were really difficult with regards to um, getting everybody out the door on time, getting me to work, all that kind of stuff felt really overwhelming. And even from a financial perspective, once you get to three kids in daycare, you're reaching a point where you're going to break even with with a nanny um and we felt really strong this was full-time at that at yeah. that point yeah we're gonna have to have full-time full-time help and we felt really strongly that if we were going to have another kiddo um it was really important that we were able to keep them home so we posted on facebook and asked the lord and said hey if this is something that we can make happen can you make this happen for us and almost immediately, one of our um, friends who we knew from church who had babysat for our children before, she loved the Lord, she was a single gal, um, reached out and said, I would, I would like to do this. I love babies and I would love to do this. And so um, it was someone who we had known for at least, I don't know, maybe three or four years ahead of time, she babysat our children. Um, we went to the same church. It just really was an answer to prayer. And so we invited her over sort of shared with her what we were expecting, what we were hoping for, um, talked to her about what we were going to be able to pay her and what the expectations were, and tried to be very clear about hours, um, timing of scheduling, what additional tasks were expected, if she was going to help, um, and praise the Lord, it was an incredibly, um, incredibly valuable um, person to add to our team. And she stayed with us for almost four years. Um, yeah, full time. And even in that time, there was a variety of uh, iterations of what it looked like. Mm -hmm. So initially, this is just a person that showed up at 830 in the morning and left at, you know, 430 or five uh, whenever we were around and able to kind of take over. Um, and it was full time, mm -hmm. uh, pretty standard, like every day. Um, and then it changed a little bit because you finished up your training mm -hmm. and we went okay we could do we could do uh more of a flexible schedule so now you're around usually a couple days a week you're around with the kids um mm -hmm. and we still had little sloan our youngest mm -hmm. who was was home all day because we do um for school we do private christian school um and so there wasn't schooling happening at home with the older kids. So they were gone at some point um, and Sloan was just around. So some days a week you would take Sloan mm -hmm. and we had somebody who was flexible that could kind of be there at the other times. At some point she said, hey, what would it look like if I wanted to live here too? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we had, we had space in our basement that made sense for a um, living area that included a small kitchenette, bedroom, bathroom, just a little bit of privacy. Um, and it, it was a really good transition. Um, we felt like there were clear enough boundaries and that there was enough freedom and separation of space that it would be easy for her to, to move in with us. So she did move in with us. And we were also very strict about 
between Mark and I, when we expected her to be working, we expect her to be working. And when we did not expect her to be working, she was not being bothered. She was welcome to be involved as, as much as she would like, but we tried to be really thoughtful and consistent about the boundaries between work and free time. Um, and every week we would give her a schedule um, on Sunday night that would be the schedule for the week. So the days that I either had off or I was, you know, had been on call the night before so I could usually take over in the afternoon we tried to be very clear about communicating those and sticking to kind of the hourly um, amount that we had decided on ahead of time and that made a huge difference as far as the flow went so she knew what to expect um, we weren't trying to take advantage of her um, and there weren't expectations on her that we had not communicated clearly and I will say the the Lord is faithful and he's kind so he was faithful when we asked for somebody to help us that would kind of be like-minded, share our family vision, and help us take care of our kids during the day. Mm -hmm. He's kind in that he made that person a person whose previous job was as a pastry chef. <laughs> this is true. Um, so, you know, if you want the best macaroon in your life, that's right. Uh, I can connect you with Haley and she can make you a pistachio macaroon that will change you forever. Yes. Um, I thought he was going to say something like, she, he, the Lord is kind because he gave us someone that loved our children. But she also loved our children and she makes an insanely mean macaroon. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that there was challenges, though, to, yeah. to sharing our space. And if you're listening to this episode and you've had a kid, you know that there's this massive interruption to your selfishness when you have a kid but then you kind of get into your family rhythm and for us there was this second shock of we've had our own space and our own thing and now there's another adult in our house so mm -hmm. what do you think that was like what, what was the hardest part and how did we deal with it i mean i i think it was challenging just from a what do you do when you're not at work um, and is it the same as the person that you've invited to live with you? And I think sometimes the answer is it's hard because you have a different type of relationship. Um, and so I certainly think we navigated, you know, different expectations for um, what does it look like to how frequently you're going to clean your house? What's your laundry look like? What do your hours look like? What are you doing in your free time? Um, and I certainly think that we learned a lot and navigated it in a way that um, obviously you can always do things better in hindsight, but we tried really hard to be flexible. But it definitely is, it changes the dynamic when you have another adult in the house that's not family um, to kind of understand how to walk that and still sort of try to be true to your own family vision. At some point, she's like, okay, I'm going to do something different now. And so I remember that initially being kind of scary. Like, mm -hmm. what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. But it was a really good chance for us to go, well, what do we need now? Because things have changed again. Mm -hmm. We now have three kids that are in school. So we don't necessarily need somebody full time. We need somebody that can help us with things like picking up from school or if there's five directions that are happening um, then we can split up and dad can go get a kid here and things like that. Mm -hmm. This time we did a little bit more of a formal, I would say, process because we didn't have somebody that we knew really well. No. So we actually had to interview. So maybe talk about what it looked like to yeah. interview. I still, I, you know, there was a lot of question of who are we going to hire here. Um, and I still sort of started with just community. So I started with people 
um, within our church community and I texted a bunch of my mom friends and I said who knows of anybody who might be interested in this position um, and I described it and I, I reached far I kind of reached even outside of just our specific church body and there's a couple um, there's a really great college ministry here so I, I knew the people that were in charge of college ministry up at the university so I texted her texted a couple other friends and then we ended up um, with two two women that were recommended to us um, to interview who had both been vetted and um, well experienced um, taking care of friends kids taking care of lots of people's kids and um, so we ended up having these two women as um, opportunity as you know options for us to interview um, and they were both lovely they just really um, both had experience and loved the Lord and were interested in kids. And what we ended up doing in the interview process was kind of talking about what our long-term goals were. So we needed care for the summer. Um, and then we also really wanted to extend that care into the academic year so that we had someone who was available to pick kids up two or three days a week, help a little bit with after school activities. And one of the women was able to do that. The other one was planning on taking a full-time job in the upcoming academic year. So she really would have only been able to help us for the summer. And so um, in conversation with her and in conversation of kind of what we were looking for as far as the types of activities our kids were going to be doing, what they were going to be able to provide. It really made a lot of sense for us to pick our current nanny um, and she spent the whole summer with our, our kids and she's a college student. She had lots of flexibility, um, lots of energy um, and that was really helpful for us during the summer and then even into the academic year. Um, and I think what we're now in is we're kind of realizing that we have um, a, a much smaller need in the best sense of the word for help at all yeah my work schedule is much more flexible I do all the drop-offs except for Wednesdays I try to pick my kids up at least two days a week um, usually pick them up at least once a day once a week and so then now we have this really light flexible schedule um, yeah and so that combined with the person that you just talked about was kind of needing different things so instead of going and finding another person that would be kind of our full-time helper, what we did now is sort of build a team. Yeah. And so we've gone back to the same drawing board, brought in a couple more people, interviewed them, found somebody that felt like a good fit. And then now we have more of a team approach where we have people that we trust and we can kind of go about it that way. So it's it's almost like hiring somebody to do babysitting, but mm -hmm. it's more of a long-term relationship and people that we trust that kind of knows our our rhythms expectations and rhythms and all that stuff but um i think that just to take all that experience and give it to you guys in a little bit of a here's what is important to think about um that's kind of what i want to do now and then we'll talk about how how much and how should you pay people because this is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast, and we want you to run not only your home, but also your dough in a way that doesn't get you audited by the IRS. <laughs> um, so one of the big learnings for me was we should have probably brought in help sooner than we did, <laughs> and not necessarily just limited it to let's find somebody to watch the kids so we can do the work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one thing that you did is at some point you said, okay, we have our kids like being watched while we are both away, but when we're in the house, we're spending time cleaning the bathrooms and things like that. 
um, could we find somebody that's good to do that? And we went through a few iterations of finding, and eventually, like, um, this is where my Spanish has paid off because mm-hmm. I found somebody who was not as busy because they didn't speak English at all and just couldn't couldn't connect with people who uh, only spoke English, but was really good and has become like an, another trusted person on our team in a sense. Mm-hmm. But they do house cleaning stuff for us just once every two weeks, not a whole lot. Um, but enough that we don't have to do sort of the deep clean stuff that honestly, some of you are great at that. It's not what we wanted to spend our time on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I think about that just financially is I always think in terms of hourly, uh, and maybe this is wrong, but like when you're making $20 an hour, you probably shouldn't hire a house cleaner who charges $30 an hour. But you might find one that charges $15 an hour, and if that lets you earn money, especially if you're self-employed and can kind of put time to work, um, then that can be a good trade-off. There's obviously a limit to that, You know, we don't pay anybody to mow our yard. Um, We, and as our kids get older, they're going to start taking on some of this stuff. So um, anyways, bringing on help sooner to me would have been, it would have really made our lives better there for a few years. And I think some of it was recognizing that it would have been really valuable to ask people who were further along than us. Um, what were they doing? And I think some of that was just lack of opportunity. I didn't have a lot of uh, women that were in my position that I could ask and say, what did you do? How does this work? Um, And so I think if you are a young family or if you're a mom and you do work outside the home and you're trying to understand this, ask a lot of questions and realize that there's a lot of different iterations. Um, And almost universally, I will tell you that the wrong answer is to delay it until you are ready. Um, And I mean that in the the kindest sense of the word. Um, Specifically for female physicians, there's an incredibly high rate of infertility. There's an incredibly high rate of need for artificial reproductive technology, primarily because women delay their childbearing so long in the interest of completing their professional training. Um, And it really was the Lord's kindness that he gave us a kid when we did and when we absolutely thought we were not capable. Um, And I think it would have been incredibly helpful if I had been able to look around and say, oh my gosh, what do I do here? Does anybody, has anybody ever been here before? Some of that was certainly my own probably lack of seeking it out, but also if you are a mom and you've walked through these different iterations and you see a young family um, who needs help, this is a really great opportunity to offer um, instruction and encouragement um, in a way that really can provide a lot of relief for those families as they're walking through especially those really early years when you're still trying to figure out what are you even doing um, with all of your time. You're not designed to raise children in a nuclear family. That is crazy talk historically. So um, actually Stephen and I are going to get on after I'm done here and record a podcast that you might hear before this one. Um, But we're going to talk about retirement. And one of the things that historically has been true is that grandparents and cousins and aunts and uncles are all involved in the raising of children, especially little babies, because it's very hard. Mm -hmm. And it's just bananas that um, parents, even when there's a a mom that stays home full time, are trying to take care of a whole household and little babies all by themselves and that that's become normal. It's it's clear to me why there's burnout and yeah. uh, depression and all that stuff that, that can seep in. So I think getting help earlier 
the next tip I have, uh, we'll get a help earlier. Think about your hourly rate. It might actually be affordable to bring in somebody. Yeah. It might be that you need four hours a week. Um, if you're a stay-at-home mom or if your wife is a stay-at-home mom and you notice, Dad, that she is just burnt out, um, it might be a really good thing to spend some money on uh, four hours a week of somebody that can come in and play with your kids, the somebody you trust that can give her a chance, whether it's to do something that she needs to do or maybe it's to go hit the gym a few times a week or whatever gives her life. Like, spend that money. That is more valuable than... You can take your date night and go to Jimmy John's and walk in the park uh, and take the savings and hire somebody for two hours. And my guess is that your your relationship will benefit from that trade-off. So, um, the other thing I wanted to say when you're looking for somebody that was maybe something we had to learn is interview them. Mm-hmm. It feels a little awkward, especially if it's somebody that maybe you know. Um, or that's connected to you through community and they come recommended because you don't really interview a babysitter usually maybe some of you do if it's going to be long term Mm -hmm. but a lot of times it's just this person comes recommended they've babysat for my friend I'm going to have them babysit for me if this is going to be a long-term relationship ask hard questions say what would you do here Um, and that can be awkward but like just swallow it and and do it because you really need to find out um, before it becomes this messy situation where you kind of have to break up uh, if there's anything where you would just be really different. I I recommend having somebody play with your kids for a while and watch them. Um, do Do they go and engage the kids? Do they ever pull out their phone and start scrolling on social media? If so, just tell them this isn't a good fit. And that's a, but um, there's there's kind of some things you can pick up, but I, I think doing an interview and maybe taking the formality up a notch is something that can save you some heartache. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and we obviously have only girls, so we were only going to hire a female caregiver. That was sort of a given as well. Um, and then certainly screen time was something that we talk about a lot. Um, our kids don't have phones. They don't have, we try really hard to minimize TV time, although some TV is fine, but they don't have iPads. They're not sitting on screen. So we talk a lot about alternative ways to you know, hang out with kids. What are you doing? What are some ways to kind of play? And it gives us an idea of what to expect. Um, for them. And then we try to give some ground rules too for behavior expectations and um, what to do if behavior is not being met. Um, Mark and I try really hard to help our kids understand authority and transference of authority um, and what that means as far as expectations and obedience. Yeah, it can be it can be very disconcerting to a 21-year-old when they see what our expectations are for kids, especially if that wasn't what they grew up in. Um, that, you know, cause I work from the home and I can hear when there's something going on, uh, downstairs that I don't like. Um, so in some sense you kind of are training your, your helper at the same time that you're training your kids. Um, and so that, that requires some effort. I think having a parent around while your helper is around like it doesn't always just have to be and I would even say it's better if it's not just somebody that you hire when you're leaving the house because then you really don't know mm-hmm. what's happening um, you know 
we have an eight-year-old who's delightful and she's a totally unreliable source of truth sometimes when she recounts something that made her upset. And I, I think it's really nice to be able to kind of be present um, so I can work and I can also be tuned into what's happening at, at the home. Mm-hmm. Well, my last one I think is that our need for childcare has changed as our kids have gotten older. And in some ways that's changed my um, understanding of work obligations. I think the question I always ask when I'm working is, is this, is this the appropriate spot for me to be in? And the Lord has been very clear and kind throughout my professional career um, about kind of where he has seen me to be. Um, I do think from a working perspective, the expectations at home have changed as my kids have gotten older Um, and in some ways that's given us it's given me a little bit more freedom to um, to work um, because I have kids that are at school or they're doing activities and so the need in the sort of practical sense of me being here all the time is different and I think that's definitely been uh, a change as the children have gotten older uh, which has been really wonderful yeah the one I was gonna say is look for You know, if you're listening to this, my guess is that this is interesting to you, but we like to look for opportunities to disciple um, in this relationship. And that doesn't have to mean that we're going to sit down with somebody and talk to them. Like, if you're having somebody in your home, even if it's for two hours a week, you will disciple them if they're younger. They're going to be watching, how does this household run? What is important to this family? You know, this is strange. They have this family family vision statement on the wall, and they are writing out a, fam- a weekly plan that connects to the family vision. Um, and so, especially for us, you know, we have somebody working for us now that's about to get married. And that's exciting to me because I'm like, I just pray that the Lord would, in small ways, it does not have to be, again, like formal discipleship, that they, the Lord would use this time to kind of say, Take what what kind of you've done in our household, Lord, that has created kind of peace and health and let us export it a little bit to somebody who is generally younger and in our case has always been single, um, that we might be able to, to kind of export some of that good stuff and share and we've had a mixed track record on that. I mean, there's definitely been things that we've been told, like, I'm not really interested in what you're selling. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean we have to fire somebody. Um, But uh, I do think, especially if you're going to have somebody living in your house, if that's even an option, you need to sort of take that opportunity to not just have it be a transaction. That's like, we give you money, you get we give you money and housing and you give us childcare. That, mm-hmm. That's not super interesting to me compared to, hey, um, this is a household that, you know, Amelia at the end of the day is in charge of kind of the administration of a lot of the stuff that happens here. That's kind of one of the things I see in Proverbs 31 is that you're the COO of the sort of rhythms and things that happen during our week. Um, and I am the person in charge of kind of spiritual leadership and the general leadership of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to have somebody who's going to oppose that, but we'd really like somebody who's kind of got the attitude of, I would like to learn about this, this system you guys have, or even like I'm on board and I want to operate inside of this for a while mm-hmm. um, so that I can go do it when, when the Lord gives me a family. That's really fun when mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah. 
Okay, so money. Uh, maybe this is why you tuned in. Like, uh, I will say that there's a lot of different ways to do this. And the, the law says that if you're going to pay somebody more than 600 bucks in a given year, you need to send them a 1099 that shows this is how much we paid you. And this is, they will be taxed on that income. Um, there is also a lot of rules about household employees that says you aren't supposed to, for example, have a child care provider that's a contractor. You're actually supposed to pay uh, payroll taxes on a household employee. So we have used uh, care.com's platform. It's been changed the name several times. I think it's home pay now or something like that. But if you go to care.com and look it up, you can see they have a software platform and you can either pay hourly or you can pay salary. And so when we were at a point where we needed full time, we paid salary because I was not excited about tracking hours and all that. Um, and we paid a pretty healthy salary. Um, but just to give a, a example, if we paid somebody $32,000 a year, there was another five or $6,000 on top of that in taxes that we had to pay. So that's a significant change when you're thinking about how much can we afford and things like that. Um, same deal if you're going hourly. Um, different places can, can uh, in different locations, you will see a different pay grades. So for us, now, I think $18 is a pretty fair going rate for what we're doing now, which is more ad hoc. Like this week, we need two afternoons for two hours. Um, and in that case, we will pay a little bit more informally until we hit kind of the statutory limit, at which point we have to say like, okay, this is either um, like employment or we need to find just somebody else and it's more like a babysitting arrangement. But it is important to keep that in mind that when you're paying somebody, because if they were to get audited and the IRS said, well, where did you get all this money? And they said, well, I've been working for a family. Well, they would get in trouble, but then you could too. So if you're going to have a household employee, it's best to keep it on the up and up uh, and pay through um, a payroll provider. Even if you're doing Venmo now, I don't know if you guys know this, but if you pay somebody in Venmo more than $600 in a given year, and it's not for uh, like paying you back for, for goods, and if you bought something from your friend, or if you went to the movies and split the bill and paid them back, that doesn't count. But if you're paying somebody for services uh, through Venmo or PayPal or Apple Pay, they just announced they're all tracking this now and they are going to 1099 people who have more than 600 bucks. So it's pretty important to kind of keep that on your radar because you don't want to get to the end of the year, especially if somebody is your household helper and maybe has less money. It would be pretty tough on them to get a $5,000 tax bill that they weren't expecting mm -hmm. at the end of the year. Um, so that's one of the things. Uh, anything else on how we do payment? No, I mean, I think the more you can be transparent and clear um, up front, and then again, for us, we do weekly schedules, so we have an idea of the hourly requirement for the upcoming week, um, so that no one is wondering. We try really hard to um, keep that rent, keep that rolling, and that makes a huge difference in tracking everything, um, on keeping track of all the hours. Yeah, 
And I'm pretty excited because this summer will be even a new phase in our experimentation where, you know, my oldest daughter is actually quite helpful when she's around. She's no longer somebody who like requires more attention when you add her to the mix. She actually makes it easier for our house to run. And our middle one's getting there. Yep, she's getting there. Yeah. It depends on the day. Yeah. She's either really helpful or yeah. really not. Yes. But, um, so we're experimenting this summer with like, I'm gonna be bringing a kid to work once a week. So each kid will be with me working. Uh, I took that from Jeremy Pryor, but there's gonna be days where they're working here in the office with me and just seeing what dad does during the day. There's going to be days when my oldest daughter, weeks, where she's just going to be around doing a project that she wants to work on this summer. Um, they're going to take golf lessons for a week together. And so things like that where, where I still need to be away. Amelia's still going to be gone usually three days a week. Um, but we aren't necessarily just going, let's fill up all the time with childcare. Um, we're trying to more and more as our kids get a little older integrate them into our jobs um, None of them are going with you to do surgery yet, but no. um, COVID kind of jacked that up. Yeah, I used to go with my dad on rounds when I was a kid and I have visions someday of having my kids at least Participate, but COVID has certainly uh, changed the dynamic at my workplace. Yeah currently. Yeah, so that's the that's our story on household help i think kind of to, to just really quickly recap we said if you're thinking about hiring household help generally it's going to be a good move so i would say figure out what the budget allows for consider making sacrifices for that and do it um think about when you're considering how much what things to hire out it doesn't have to be childcare, but that's a common one but think about the the kind of hourly trade-off so if it really makes sense for you to have somebody mow your lawn or if to, to help you clean the house or to even help you with cooking and meal prep these are all things you can find people who would probably be a good addition to your team for um, some of those things you might say I like doing that so I'm not hiring that out but I hate doing this um, don't be bound by what people typically look for help with mm -hmm. um, and then when you get to the point of figuring out what you need, use your network to find people, interview them formally, and really dig into what would life look like if this person was spending time with my children or being a part of my household. Um, and then pay them correctly. And uh, don't, don't make mistakes that will cause you heartache in the long term because you messed up something on your taxes. So that's kind of the overview. Hopefully this is helpful. My hope is it's encouraging, whether you're a dad who is thinking, I could really kind of release a pressure valve on my wife if I just brought in some help with some of the things that she doesn't like. Or if you're a mom that's felt like I'm getting crushed under the weight of like small children running a household, what am I supposed to do? Like, we just want to bless you and give you permission to use kind of whatever resources that the Lord has entrusted you with to make your household peaceful and well-ordered and to run smoothly. So until next time, thank you for being on the podcast, Amelia Parent, and we'll catch you later. Bye.